In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Behold God's imagination. It is summer of 1990. St. Anne's own Ernie Green and I are colleagues at Villa Julie College. He teaches music, I teach philosophy. We've golfed together a few times and are on friendly terms, but that's all there is to tell as a prelude to the following. Now, imagine you know this, and now imagine that you overhear me praying the following. Dear God, please let Ernie and me run into each other in a shopping mall. Then, please let Ernie, as Young Vic Theater's music director, invite me to sing in the chorus of this summer's production of Gilbert and Sullivan's Pirates of Penzance. When I protest that Ernie has never heard me sing and that an audition would make me too nervous, please let Ernie respond that he can tell from my speaking voice that I can carry a tune and that there's no need for an audition. Then, dear God, please let me enjoy singing in that production so much that I come back the following summer and sing in the production of HMS Pinafore. And please let me enjoy that so much that I mentioned to a fellow chorus member that I wish I could sing like this all year round. Then, dear God, please let that chorus member invite me to join the choir of the Cathedral of the Incarnation, dismissing my misgivings by assuring me that it doesn't matter that I'm Methodist, <laughs> that I have not sung in the choir since I was a young teen, and that I won't need to audition. Then, dear God, let me show up for the first rehearsal and discover that I love that choir. A few days after that rehearsal, dear God, please let me receive a letter from Dean Jim Brashler at the Ecumenical Institute of Theology, St. Mary's University and Seminary, in which Dean Brashler writes, I understand from Bob Wesley that you are a theologian. I'm looking to hire faculty for the Ecumenical Institute, and I invite you to apply. I'm especially interested in moral theologians. Then, dear God, after I call him to tell him he has made a mistake, that I know no one named Bob Wesley and that I am a philosophy teacher, not a theologian, please let Dean Brashler say, I think I can make a theologian out of you, if you're interested. And then, dear God, please let me accept that offer. Then, dear God, when shortly after this call, I call my then wife to tell her of this unusual moment, let her remind me that Bob Wesley was in the bass section of the cathedral choir and that he and I had had a nice conversation about my interests and that as an alumnus of the EI, Bob might well recommend me to teach there. Then, dear God, as a result of my teaching at the Ecumenical Institute, please let me get invitations to make presentations at church adult forums even if the learning curve for the topics requested is a mighty curve. <laughs> then, dear God, as a result of my being in the cathedral choir, please let me become so big a fan of the Episcopal Church, especially the Book of Common Prayer and the Episcopal Eucharist, that I express an interest to Bishop Rabb in becoming a priest. But please let me have the candor to note that I probably would not have the wherewithal to go to seminary. Then, dear God, please let the bishop waive the seminary requirement since I have now taught at a seminary for several years. 
even though I'll have to take the seven seminary graduation exams. Then, dear God, let me become a priest. And then, dear God, please let all of this lead to St. Anne's inviting me to lead adult forums and to preach. Thank you, God, and thank you, Ernie. Amen. Now, if you're a reasonable person overhearing this prayer, you might think I was dreaming well beyond what any evidence gave me the right to dream, or that I was entertaining a false hope. Now, setting that imaginary prayer aside, I didn't even know I had such a dream until it came true. I didn't even know that I'd hoped for such experience until I had it. Now, my guess is that all of you have similar stories to tell, stories that speak of hope that goes beyond any reasonable evidence for it and expresses a dream you didn't even know you had until it came true, a job you hadn't expected but ended up loving, a person, a mate, a friend or a child, for example, that you hadn't expected but ended up loving and wondering how you ever lived without them. Until I was 58 years old, six years ago, I hated cats. And one day a cat followed my wife home, she'd been jogging, and the cat refused to leave no matter what I tried to do. Six years later, I loved that cat. <laughs> Maybe you've had an opportunity to travel or to express yourself in wonderful ways that you hadn't expected and never even thought to hope for. Well, there's that word hope. That word hope just keeps popping up alongside its verbal cousin, dream. Hope is one in the trinity of faith, hope, and love, which is Paul's helpful distillation of all that God promises us and all that God requires of us. Now, love takes the lead. It is seeing the preciousness that God sees in everyone. And faith is not far behind. It is a trust that, given God's love for us, everything is as it should be. Now we get to hope. Hope is the conviction that given God's love for us and our faith in that love, things will be as they should be. During the season of Advent, we relive the hope of the coming of the Christ child. We know the story well, but we continue to tell and listen to the story over and over again because of the hope it brings us. It's not so much that we hope for the child that Isaiah promised, since we already know of that birth. It's that the birth reminds us that God knows and wants what is best for us, and that God is willing to sacrifice God's self to see that we receive it. Tradition has it that on the second Sunday of Advent, we focus on John the Baptist's call to prepare the way of the Lord. And so in today's Gospel reading, Luke speaks of John going into all the region around the Jordan. And then Luke quotes Isaiah. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked, sh the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Isn't hope a necessary condition for that preparation? Made sufficient when we add faith and love? Note that according to Luke, John himself was a dream come true for his parents, Zechariah and Elizabeth, who were long past childbearing years. One gathers that it would not even have occurred to them 
to hope to be parents until Gabriel announced the coming birth. A hope fulfilled before they even knew to have that hope. Now note that we're talking about hope in an unconventional way. Not hope that I win the lottery or that I become famous or that I live to a ripe old age. Now there's nothing wrong with hopes like that. But the hope we're speaking of is reflected in the Lord's Prayer when we say to God, Thy will be done. Our faith is in God's love for us and God's always willing what is right for us. Our hope is to see the fruits of that love. And this requires preparation. First, we must turn our will to God. If I'm spending all my time trying to win the lottery, I may miss something much better that God had in mind for me. As the saying goes, let go and let God. Second, and somewhat paradoxically, we must not give up taking care of ourselves and those we love. And we should love everybody. This means carefully willing our thoughts and deeds to fulfill our responsibility to each other. Now, the Bible does not say God helps those who help themselves, but the Bible does say that we should love ourselves. That is, we should see that each of us is absolutely precious to God, and we should act accordingly. Third, perhaps tying these first two together, why not strive to live as if everything we did was a prayer to God? Anne Lamott reminds us that prayers to God come in three varieties, help, thanks, and wow. Wouldn't it be neat if everything we did fit into those categories? Always tying our will to God's and leaving the door open for God to fulfill our every dream, even those we didn't know we had. As we prepare ritually for the birth of the Christ child, a story we love to tell over and over again, even though we know how it turns out, let us thank God for our understanding in hope that while not every dream we have comes true, with God in the lead, much in life will come true that would have made good dreams. Amen. Amen.